We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in to the LakersNation.com podcast. We've got tons to talk about on tonight's show. We'll take a look at the rotation. We're going to talk about potential future trade options for the Lakers. We'll also get into what's going on with the center position. I'm Trevor Lane. You can find me on Twitter at Trevor underscore Lane over on Instagram and threads. Still a thing for now (laughs) at Trevor Lane NBA on those platforms Again, a lot to dive into. Before we do, though, you know, tomorrow is actually a big day coming up in the baseball world. It's the baseball trade deadline. So Dodgers fans, tomorrow as we record this, podcast listeners, we're getting this in the morning. It's today. But uh, this is coming up. Dodgers fans, make sure you guys check out Dodger Blue at Dodger Blue 1958 over on the Twitter machine. They will keep you up to date with everything. Of course, you can also check out the Dodger Blue YouTube channel as well. That is our sister site. They do a phenomenal job keeping everybody up to date with all things Dodgers. So make sure you guys go and check them out. Matt Moreno, Jeff Spiegel, who some of you guys may know from uh, from our Lakers shows, who does uh, hop in from time to time. There's a They do an absolutely fantastic job, including editor extraordinaire Daniel Starkand jumps in there as well, just some of the, the faces and characters that you may know. And again, head over to dodgerblue.com. All right, joining me tonight, it's Sean Sleepy Davis, who looks well-rested. How are you doing, Sean? I am very tired, and I don't think my voice is fully recovered yet, so I apologize about that, but uh, glad to be on to talk some Lakers with you, Trev. Well, you look like you're lively and, and ready for this and, and awake and, and alert and, and all of that, so that's a good start. Uh, right there. I know you've been under the weather, but um, so this is, you know, just to peel back the curtain a little bit, I was, I'm talking to my wife and I was talking about the show and, uh, and I kind of, you sent me uh, a text and I kind of smiled a little bit. And my wife said, my wife said, what, what's going on? And I said, I said, Sean's been sick. He hasn't been able to talk about basketball for you for a few days. So he's like extra fired up for this show. I can, I can tell. Yeah, no, this is fun. Uh, I like was in the process of editing slash recording my power ranking series, which you guys can find on the NBA front office show YouTube channel. 
which would be a ton of fun. So yeah, I am fired up to be able to talk basketball with a 70% voice or not. Who cares? It's been too long, even though it's only been like three days. <laughs> if Jordan can get through the flu game, Sean Davis can get through this podcast. That's Gotta that's be. my take. Um, all right, let's let's start here because there's a super chat coming in already. Again, if you guys want to make sure that your question gets answered on here, just submit a super chat. But uh, coming in here said, "What's up, Trev? Appreciate you. Well, thank you very much. Uh, why are what are your all thoughts on the Lakers announcing Jackson Hayes?" can start and play a pom- prominent role alongside AD in two big lineups. Okay, so first clarification. The Lakers didn't announce that. It's not like the Lakers put that out. Now, Rob Palenka did say that, something similar to that effect, way back in Summer League. So that's pretty darn close to the Lakers announcing it. But, um, God, Summer League wasn't even a month ago. How is that possible? Jeez, I was like, How is that possible? 20 days ago. That's yeah. crazy. It feels like it was a lifetime ago. But... Uh, Rob Palenka did mention that they would like to run the big side-by-side. Jovan Buha in his piece for The Athletic, which we're going to talk about a little bit here, uh, did also mention that, though, and that's why it's kind of getting regurgitated back into the the news cycle, that uh, Jackson Hayes can indeed be a starter and can play alongside AD in these two big lineups. Uh, Sean, I think, in my opinion, those are two very, very different things. Being a starter and just being able to play alongside AD those are, are not the same thing. One of those things I'll agree with. The other one, no, thank you. Yeah, I think Jovan's article as a whole got misaggregated, especially that specific part where, it, in my interpretation, it's like Jovan saying the Lakers think he could, like in yeah. a scenario where he absolutely has to, you need the exercise. Um, but I read it as what you were kind of saying, like he could play next to AD just in general. And then Jovan also has another part in there, which kind of lends to what my point here is, where he says, yeah, with this roster, it just doesn't make any sense. Because you, you have, one of the biggest problems I think every Laker analyst, fan, whatever, and I know the coaches have has to have this problem in some regards, is you have too many wings, which is a good thing. You have so many playable wings on this roster so where if you put Jackson Hayes next to Anthony Davis in the starting five, not even talking about the on-court like basketball reasons why it doesn't make sense, just that, okay, now you're taking minutes away from Marie Hachimura. You're taking minutes away from Jared Vanderbilt. You're taking minutes away from Torian Prince. Uh, I'm missing somebody now all of a sudden. Cam Reddish maybe Cam even Reddish. throw yeah. into the half. Like, it just doesn't make any sense. Um, and I, I think Jackson Hayes, it in – the most realistic scenario, which is what our rotation builder had, and Yovans in his article, had him in like 10 to 12 minutes, which I think is just the general idea. I think that's about accurate. I don't think there's a world where Jackson Hayes is the starter. Which uh, we need to do another one of those. We need to do another roster, or not roster, rotation builder um, for some specific scenarios. Like that's what we need to do. But Send some specific scenarios, chat. Let us know what you guys, uh, scenarios you want to see. Like, let's, we should do a, hey, if we're playing X team, this is, you know, the way you'd want the rotation to be set up. Or, or, or we could just do in general, if you're playing big, what would it look like? If you're playing small, what would it look like, et cetera? No LeBron lineups. Yes. Good one. No LeBron lineups, no AD lineups. What do those look like? But let me, uh, let me say this. So I think when Rob is saying that, and that's kind of getting 
regurgitated in the in the news cycle. And as Jovan said, it doesn't make a lot of sense. And I agree with them. It doesn't make a lot of sense. And we talked about this a few weeks ago, that it doesn't make a lot of sense to have Jackson Hayes as the starter in there. But I thought he brought up a good point that it's not even just that it doesn't make sense because you're taking minutes away from Rui, you're taking minutes away from Bando and all, all the players that you mentioned, Sean. But it's also that if you do that, you say, AD, you're the four, Hayes, you're the five. That means LeBron, you're the three. And if LeBron is on the floor with Rui, if he's on the floor with Vando, and there's a high-scoring wing, you can say, hey, LeBron, you can go take the non-high-scoring. You go take the other. You take the guy that camps out in the corner. You take the, or the, uh, the guy that hangs out around the elbow. You deal with Xavier Tillman. We'll send somebody else to go defend the, the score. I shouldn't have picked the Grizzlies because the, the default for the wing would have been Dylan Brooks, and you don't want to take him anyway. But, but nonetheless, you get the idea. If you have LeBron there as the three, though, he's probably your best bet to deal with the high-scoring wing unless you want AD chasing on the perimeter, which I don't think you want that either. So I think you're getting, you're putting LeBron in a non-ideal situation if you start Jackson Hayes, and that has to be considered strongly as well. That's a great point, Trevor, and it kind of lends in nicely to a big project I'm doing for Lakers Nation for the website and the YouTube channel where I'm looking at like LeBron's evolution going into next season. And you talked about more about defensively there, but I think one of the best parts about that postseason run was seeing LeBron turn back the clock defensively and like being great with less if that makes sense because defensively mm-hmm. last in the postseason run it was lebron you're not on the perimeter a ton we'll switch occasionally but you're gonna be the best freaking free safety in basketball terms on the floor right where you're gonna guard i don't know draymond green and if it's a steph curry lane line drive your job is to go beat that into the third row and that's what we saw in the first three rounds or in the playoffs now Yes, LeBron offensively, I think, took a step back, especially in the first two rounds, and he kind of dialed it up in the conference finals in spurts. But I thought that was because we got we got still, what, 25-point-per-game LeBron James in a playoffs where he was less effective, which is 25 freaking points a game. But you got, at like, valuable, good LeBron defensively. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe not – I think he'll have a higher impact offensively next season than what he did in the playoffs. I think you could tell he was really hampered by the injury still. But I think that might be who LeBron James could be next season, Trevor. That really excites me that you might get the closest thing to a two-way LeBron that we've seen since Miami. Or, ah, okay, never mind. 2020 championship LeBron was pretty good defensively. But you get my point, like, where... He, t- he has a lesser role offensively, but I think he'll be able to use more of that energy defensively in a helper role, which I think at this age of his career is perfect. That just ties into your point about LeBron. I still think that Palenka's comments and this idea that Jackson Hayes is going to play major minutes next to AD, it is a two-pronged uh, message that's going out to two very specific people. It's a message that is going out to Anthony Davis and it's a message that's going out to Christian Wood. The message to Anthony Davis is, hey, AD, we know you don't want to play center. We definitely got Jackson Hayes to make it so you don't have to play center anymore, right? You don't have to play as many minutes at the five. Jackson Hayes is the guy that's going to fix all that. So go ahead, sign that extension, AD. By the way, coming up August 4th, first day AD can sign the extension. 
Uh, and then I also think it's a message to Christian Wood. Hey, Christian Wood, you're not battling for the non-AD minutes at center or the you know, 12 minutes a game that Anthony Davis is not on the floor or, or 13, 14 minutes, whatever it ends up being. No, no, no. We're going to play a big next to AD. So that means there's even more opportunity there. You just got to beat out this Jackson Hayes guy and, and you're good. I think that was mostly what that message is about because any way I look at this, it doesn't make a lot of sense except for in specific matchup situations. But to be a consistent night in, night out thing, I don't know if Jackson Hayes and AD makes a whole lot of sense, especially if you don't have another big on the roster. In order to do it at all, you need another big on the roster. Did think about that wood angle, but that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Lakers Nation with a three in there said, Trevor, the goat lane is back. Well, thank you, first of all. But uh, said, would you extend AD, the goat? No, you got to say the whole line. Say oh, that whole. Trevor, the goat lane? I don't uh, think that. That nickname's not, that nickname not going to stick. That's that not going to stick. That's I'm changing stick. Your, uh, your name on my phone now. <laughs> <laughs> um, AD, would I extend him? If I'm the Lakers, yes, in an instant. I'll tell you what I'm worried about here. And maybe I'm being a nervous Nelly. Um, but I sound 80 there when I say nervous Nelly, but, um, maybe I am being a little bit too nervous here, but what I'm worried about is Anthony Davis seeing the contract Jalen Brown just got and saying, man, I am better than Jalen Brown. Oh, there you go. What if AD waits till next year and gets a Jalen Brown type max? We talked about this a little bit like a week or so ago. If AD says I'm better than Jalen Brown and he's not wrong. He's not wrong. I should be getting that kind of money. And all I got to do is play one healthy season. And that money is coming to me next summer, whether it's from the Lakers or somebody else. Now, not a true super max. You're not eligible for that when you've been traded. I'd like to see if that's still a thing in the new CBA. We're still figuring out all the stuff that's in the new CBA. Uh, But still, you got to wonder if AD sees that, what Jalen Brown did and thinks, hmm, I should be getting more money too. And on top of that, if he does wait, what if LeBron decides to take off next summer? Then AD can leave too if he wants. He doesn't wind up putting himself in a spot where he could get stuck as the lone guy on a team. And then maybe the Lakers can't find somebody to come and be another star with them. I don't know. From the AD perspective, of course, the injury risk is very, very real with him. He's dealt with a number of injuries. If I'm him, I'm taking the money right now. But, but I think it's more likely that AD turns down the ex- extension so he can wait till next summer and get more than it is that the Lakers decide not to offer the extension. Maybe I'm just being a positive Peter. I'm trying to play on word that that, <laughs> that, that, that didn't work. Um, but I don't think that's a bad thing. I really don't. If Anthony Davis waits, because hear me, I think Anthony Davis. Not that he needs it necessarily, because I think he already kind of is going to play with a chip on his shoulder next season. But he has more of a reason to. Like, hey, look, I can go and get, I don't know, $60 million a year almost if I have a healthy, really good Anthony Davis type year. Hell Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm going to be healthy and and go get that money. And also, I think think regardless, the odds of Anthony Davis leaving next summer are very slim to none anyway. So... Why not get a increasingly more motivated Anthony Davis to come in, be at his best, be as close to 100% as possible for the full year, 2020-esque. 
since we love to compare to that team mm-hmm. um, and rock out. And if I'm paying that version of Anthony Davis, that amount of money, it's going to be like, what's a, what's a really bad contract five years ago? Oh, I'm trying to think. So what's that? 2019, 20. Okay. Uh, I don't know. Giannis, right? Think of his contract extension, right? And by the end of Anthony Davis's contract extension, that's not going to be a bad deal. Like compared was to these people, really a bad contract though. It wasn't a bad contract, but like in terms just of the a, money, a big like, contract. Sure. It's a big, yeah. My bad with the uh, okay. wording there, but like you get my point. Like by the time mm-hmm. AD, the third year of that deal, you're like, oh, okay. Look at I don't know Brandon Ingram's contract, which by that point would probably be the same amount. You're like, okay, cool. Who cares that we're looking at 33 year old Anthony Davis? Still 20 plus point guy, probably a second option at that point of his career. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. Comparatively speaking, this isn't that bad. So I don't know. Maybe I'm being overly optimistic, but I don't think it's the worst thing in the world if Anthony Davis says, you know what? I'm going to go get my money next summer. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see what, you know, if AD does that, it does give the Lakers a little bit more flexibility. Again, though, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm AD, if I'm the Lakers, I just get it done, but we'll see. We'll see. Mamba Mentality coming in. Welcome in. Mamba Mentality, did I ever get you set up as a as a moderator? If I didn't, hit me up. Because I know I meant to. Uh, Mamba Mentality, again, shoot me a message over on uh, Instagram or on Twitter, whatever. X, I guess we have to call it now. Um, Mamba Mentality, don't sleep. Nobody's doing that, right? Everybody's just still calling it Twitter. No. Right? I'm it, assuming. It, it, it is Twitter. It's still Twitter. It's like how... Um... Uh, Staples Center will always be stable. It, it's Twitter. It's Twitter. Okay. All right. Mob of Mentality said, don't sleep on Hayes, Sean. It might just work. LOL. I also had somebody who said Hayes and AD fit uh, a great fit. They would kill it on defense. That's Soy Saucy said that. I agree. Defensively, yeah, I think that Hayes actually can defend a bit on the perimeter. And so that's where it's a decent fit. It's the offensive end where I, I have concerns. And it's mostly a floor spacing thing on the offensive end. Yeah. Defensively, that's your rock. Yeah. Love to see it for five minutes. I don't know about 20 or 15 or whatever. It would basically, and I think we did this when we were building our rotation. If it was AD and Hayes on the floor at the same time, you would also need what? Like Torian Prince, Reeves, and D'Lo or something, right? Or like, like your a, best three-point shooters, basically, would have to be the other three guys on the floor. Or even like a Reeves. If you want to still keep a defense, be like Reeves, Christie, Torian Prince, maybe. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But you still got the shooting. By the way, let's. That was one of my topics to get into. And since you brought him up, um, Jovan had in his piece that the Lakers believe that Max Christie can be their eighth or ninth man. So eighth or ninth man, we're talking about a guy that would most likely be in your playoff rotation if the playoffs started right then. Like most playoff rotations are seven or eight, so he's like right on the cusp of being there. Uh, do you agree? And so eighth or ninth man, go down the roster, that would mean your depth chart, your top three off the bench would be Vando slash Rui, whichever one doesn't start. That's like your your sixth man, right? Gabe Vincent and then Max Christie? Is that how we should look at it in terms of the pecking order with this Lakers? Obviously, a lot can change in training camp, but is that is that right? Hold on. I feel like I'm missing somebody. Uh, Torian Prince. So, yeah, I don't know. I think Max, knife, knife man, sure. 
Um, and as my, you know, celebrations would show, it's definitely uh, I'm, I'm all for all the Max Christie. I think Jovan's projection had Max getting more minutes than even we did. He did. Um, he had him playing more minutes than Vando, which if you're bringing Vando off the bench, I get it. Like, I get why that's the case. Not by much. It's like 18 and, and 16, for example. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm all for it, man. I'm obviously as high as anybody, I think, is on Max Christie. Um, and I think his skill set could be super, super valuable to the Lakers. I really do believe that. His, some of the stuff we saw in Summer League I don't think was a fluke. And, uh, yeah, I'm super excited to see him on uh, in this Lakers system heading into next season. I think he's probably the ninth dude, though, personally. Yeah. Yeah, I think ninth is, is probably accurate, but I'm excited to see what he can do. I'm, I'm, I feel like I have a pretty good sense after Summer League of what Max Christie is. So I think I'm a little more excited to see Cam Reddish and Jackson Hayes just for the mystery element of it. Uh, but I am probably right after that. I want to see how does Max, Max Christie fit in at the NBA level, we saw him tear it up at summer league. What does he look like in preseason? And what does he look like as we step up again into the regular season? Cause there's levels to this. I, I'm really curious to see what he can do for this team because he, whew, he looked really, really good skill and skill set wise, such an easy fit. Like he is a potentially, if he hits his ceiling, he is a plug and play on any team in the league kind of guy. I don't know if this is accurate, but like, because I think the dude I'm about to say at his peak was an all-NBA caliber defender, but, like, Danny Green. Like, mm-hmm. I think I think of Danny Green, like, in his prime, talking like like he just did. the A guy that you could just throw on any team, any championship caliber team in the NBA, and every single one of them will line up wanting to get you. Oh, um, if, he, if Max Christie becomes Danny Green, the Lakers are beyond thrilled. Yeah. Beyond thrilled, if that's what he becomes. Really quick, what which of the Lakers' new acquisitions are you most excited to see first? Like, which one are you most excited about? I think it's Jackson Hayes. Is okay. number Cam Reddish is up there. Like Jackson Hayes and Cam Reddish are my one A one B. It's probably Jackson just because I want to see what he can do. It can he really play next to AD, particularly defensively? I'm excited to see you know what happens when they get out on a break and Jackson Hayes is one of the options. What does that look like? Um, but He's a guy that I'm looking forward to seeing. Cam Reddish being the other one, of course, because I'm just curious to see, can the Lakers find a way to unlock something that other teams have it? And I don't think it's likely. I don't want to get anybody's hopes up and say, oh, Cam Reddish is suddenly going to become a starting caliber player playing for the Lakers. But it does happen. We saw it last year with Lonnie Walker, right? The Lakers got Lonnie Walker and Spurs fans all, you know, rolled their eyes and said, whatever, it's not going to work. And even for part of the season, it didn't. The Lakers pulled him out of the, the rotation, but he sure turned up during the playoffs and Game looked really four, good, and, and the Lakers were able to get him going. So um, I, I do wonder if we're going to see a similar surge out of Cam Reddish. I hope so. For me, it's Gabe Vincent, though. I can't yeah. wait for to, to see him in Darwin Ham's system. There's a reason why. I think his film breakdown on the Lakers Nation website, which I, which you guys should definitely go check out, was my longest one I've done because that's how excited I was to uh, see him in, in a Lakers uniform. So, But those are also great options. Like you said, Jackson Hayes and transition with the Lakers, it's going to be fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like it. I like it. I'm excited. Start the season. 
Start the season. We're sure. 67 days away as of today. Till the first preseason game. How many days until the actual regular season? I'm like 80. Something like that. Something like okay. I just need Lakers basketball though. Like <laughs> if it's if it's preseason, fine. I'll take it. Just Do give you have me the Lakers training basketball. camp date saved too then? I don't. I don't. Ah, shame because I need I don't have uh, media day yet. I don't know what day that is. And training camp oh, always okay. starts the day after media day. I'm sure they know. I just don't. It may be out and I just haven't seen it yet, but I don't know. I haven't seen anything official. Um, okay. Mario Hernandez, what do you guys think of ESPN getting rid of Jeff Van Gundy, now Mark Jackson, and having Doc Rivers and Doris Burke replacing them? Is that official? Is that what's happening? It's Doc Rivers and Doris Burke. I thought it was going to be JJ. It should have been. It should have been, bro. The, it should have been Mike Breen, JJ Reddick, Tim Legler. Or Mike Breen. Uh-huh. Uh, is it Mark Jones, the other yes, really good one? He's good. He should have been those two. JJ Reddick. That should have been the crew. Like, is it? Is it indeed going to be? I like Doris Burke. Is it indeed Doc Rivers and Doris Burke? Is that right? It, it is those two. It is those two. Okay. I'll never forget Doc Rivers because he was on the call when Derek Fisher hit the point four shot. I don't. I don't mind Doc. Um, maybe that'll change after I go back to hearing him again. You know, but. Uh, I was kind of hoping that we would get that they wouldn't go back to the the same old, same old um, with this. I I always thought I thought that the tweets were pretty funny about how uh, making fun of the Mike Breen, uh, Jeff Van Gundy and uh, and Mark Jackson trio about how, you know, Jeff Van Gundy would be telling a story from long ago. Mark Mark uh, Jackson is is like speaking in parables. And then Mike Breen says, like, I don't know, Jason Tatum, two point shot. <laughs> like that's how they're, and it's not far off from the way it really sounded when the three of them were together. Mike I feel for the, Jeff Van. What's that? I was just gonna say Mike brings the only one actually trying to talk about basketball. <laughs> exactly. The best gimmick. Actually trying to call the game. Um, I, you know what? It, it's the nature of the beast. It's the way this business goes. Sometimes um, there's a lot going on right now in in, uh, in the sports world. So. You knew that changes and stuff were coming, but I hope you know Jeff Van Gundy, Mark Jackson. They both have coaching backgrounds. They're going to be fine. They're going to wind up somewhere. Um, so we'll see. As far as the listen goes, they weren't my favorite, but I didn't. It's not like I went, oh my gosh, and turned off the TV if they were on the call or anything. Doesn't affect me at all because I don't watch games with the volume on especially not on playback anyway yeah we do the the play-by-play we do our own play-by-play over on on playback anyway yeah. oh man this is so Ree said no lakers question just wanted to say i appreciate everything you guys do and the live streams get me looking forward to, mon- to monday and wednesday nights man thank you thank you so much seriously i really really do uh appreciate that you guys know this is a labor of love this is um especially this time of year you know, wherever the news is slow. And by the way, well, let's talk about that next, why things are so slow right now. But this time of year, part of it is just naturally slow because free agency has come and gone. A lot of players are on vacation and stuff. Training camp doesn't start for, you know, all a little bit less than two months. We'll see it like end of September-ish. Training camp will start up. So this is a slow time. And so we appreciate all of you who are coming in still, who are hanging out. Just That's part of why we do this, just to keep everybody together and, and talking through the off season. And then of course we'll ramp up big time again once the season starts. But, but seriously, Ree, um, really, really, truly do uh, appreciate the kind words and, and thank you for coming in and, and watching and listening. Thanks so much, Ree. Um, okay. So why are things sl- slow right now? 
Jovan mentioned this in his piece as well. And this is what we've been talking about for a bit, but it's just more confirmation that this is indeed what's going on. It's James Harden and, and Damian Lillard, right? We saw this happen last year. And so that's why this isn't a surprise. Kevin Durant requests a trade, shut down free agency. Now, it didn't quite happen this year to the same degree, but now everybody's saying what, you know, free agency is basically dried up. But Damian Lillard requests a trade, James Harden wants out, and Christian Wood is still out there. And Lakers fans are saying, well, let's let's get this guy. And they're not the only fan base. There's other teams too. Uh, Bismack Biombo is another guy who's out there. So what's happening now is Christian Wood, Bismack Biombo, guys like that, the Lakers as well, everybody's waiting to see what's going to happen when Damian Lillard gets traded. If and when James Harden gets traded, right? Is there, because this is probably going to be a three-team deal a four-team deal, something like that. Who knows how many pieces are going to be going to be involved? And do we wind up with a situation where if you're a player, if you're Christian Wood or Bismack Biombo, where suddenly a team has to trade away a number of pieces in order to make a deal work, they find themselves with a couple of roster spots, they need a big, they can offer starters minutes, something like that, and off you go. You jump into that spot. That's why the players are, are waiting. For the teams, you're waiting to see, hey, does a team wind up who already has 15 roster spots filled? Do they wind up pulling the trigger on a trade and they take in an extra player? Do they take in two extra players because they're getting some capital back? They're getting some picks or something. And then they wind up cutting a guy or two. And there's a couple players on the market that we weren't anticipating being there. Let's keep some flexibility just in case that happens. So everybody is waiting for the fallout of Damian Lillard and or James Harden before they go ahead and make a move. So that's why we're still kind of in this holding pattern and the Lakers still haven't signed anybody for that 14th roster spot. Yeah. Hit the nail on the hand. No, crap. Hit the nail on the head. There we go. I, I said hammer. <laughs> hit, the, hit, the na- hit the nail with the hammer. That's close enough, right? There you go. Hit the hammer with the nail. Either way. Either way. <laughs> Technically, I'm not wrong. You do hit a nail with a hammer. Just, That's just, true. That That's is true. true. You're not. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Bomba mentality. So talking about potential trades. Let's say Vando does well. Let's say gets a 12 million extension. You can trade D'Lo at 17 million, Vando at 12, JHS at 3 million, future first and second, and get a star player or add another role piece. Just saying. So I'm not trading all that for role players. No, but I mean, like, let's say the Lakers three point shooting is horrific there and it's really becoming their Achilles heel. And you could turn that into two snipers. Two, three and D high level three and D snipers. Just a hypothetical next season. I'm assuming like next summer. That's well, and that's part of the problem though, too, right? is next summer because for Vando to get that 12 million, because you can't, the extension number for Vando, it's 140% is what you can give him. He's extension eligible, but that's not enough money. He's only making four and a half million this season. So 140% extension, he'd he'd rather just wait until free agency. So an extension is not going to fly. Next summer, D'Lo is going to have a player option if he isn't traded before then. So, which he might be. Um, So, but let's assume Vando gets signed to a new deal. So we're talking December 2024, right? 
maybe January 2025 by the time you could do this because you have to pass that December 15th uh, eligibility. But nonetheless, into the future, could you trade those guys for an, another star player? Yeah, I could see a scenario where the Lakers are doing something like that, particularly if AD signs the extension and then LeBron walks away. Wouldn't shock me at all if a package like that gets uh, gets discussed to try to bring another star to play with AD. <clears throat> Trey Young. That was a legitimate call, by the way. Trey Young. I think Maybe. he's super underrated now, honestly, man. I, I think I've he's really underrated. Oh, so you do still follow me. I was a little I nervous. About, I thought I Trevor still, unfollowed I do, me. I do still follow you. I do still follow you. Um, yeah, I do still. I still follow you. Um, I, I usually just, I want to make sure that you're still awake. And so if I see you tweeting and stuff like that, then I know, okay, he's awake. It's all good. Appreciate it. Um, yeah, I, I I could see the Lakers doing something like this. I think this is very, very possible. Now, I, I think if they're going to sign Vando to an extension, probably keeping him is what they're going to try to do. But um wouldn't shock me if the Lakers wind up going down a path like this, where ultimately, whether it's Vando or not, or Rui or, or Gabe Vincent or whoever, you take a few pieces and you package them together. Now, I think, again, if you're worried about losing D'Lo next summer, with that player option, we're probably going to wind up talking D'Lo trades all the way up until the trade deadline of this coming season. Yeah. Because they can trade him. Next summer, he's got a player option. He could opt out and walk away. So if the Lakers are going to do anything significant this year on the trade market, it's probably going to be a D'Lo trade. Uh, really quick. I know we're I'm going backwards in terms of the conversation, but this is another really good point into why... I think AD wanting to wait on an extension isn't the worst thing in the world, especially if you're the Lakers front office. Cause then you can wait and see if he can actually be healthy for a full year. And you're like, wait a minute. Okay, cool. You want to wait. You have in, in, uh, motivation to wait this out. See if you can be healthy for a full year and get your ultimate back. Okay, cool. We're going to wait this out too. see if you can be fully healthy before we pay you a crazy amount of money regardless. So I don't know. I think that's another optimistic turn you could have on it from a Lakers standpoint. Although in all totality, I do agree with you. It probably is best for both parties if you get it done now. But if AD comes to the table, AD and Clutch comes to the table and says, hey, look, Jalen Brown got paid $304 million. I'm twice as good as Jalen Brown. I want that money, so I'm going to wait till next summer. I think it's fine both ways. I don't think there's a lose-lose or any scenario where one side of the parties lose. We're going to pause for just a moment to talk about game time. Ticket buying can be a very stressful experience. Personally, I am always trying to make sure that I'm getting the best deal, and that's not always easy to know. You have to go fully through the checkout process. Sometimes one app will say one thing. Another app won't give you the final price until the end. It is a nightmare, but buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. They've got killer deals on last minute tickets and a best price guarantee. So you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for all the fun that you are going to have. Forget about planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. So you suddenly find yourself with a little bit of time. You have some friends that want to go do something. 
something, grab tickets on game time. Game time, the guarantee means that you will always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. That's how confident they are in their best price game time guarantee. It is the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. You even get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Snag tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use the code LakersNation for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem the code LakersNation for $20 off. Download game time today. So if you are, let's say AD plays 50 games, how much less are you getting him for compared to the three years, 167 million you could extend him for this summer? I think it depends. Are you still getting the best defensive player on the planet? And are you still getting come playoff time, a 25 plus point per game score while providing best player in the world defense? Yeah. If you're getting I mean, that, you, go ahead. Then he's getting the same money, right? Yeah. I'd say if he plays 50 games, but those things I said are true. I think you're still getting, I think AD's getting the same money. We're, Almost regardless, honestly, which is another reason why like, it had to be some drastic scenario where I think AD loses money. But I think almost regardless, man, I just AD, I think the base value is what, what would you say? 3,161? Uh, 3,167. But that's, but that's the point, though. If that's the floor, that's what you can sign him at now. That's not the ceiling, though. Yeah. If you don't sign him to that extension now and you wait till next summer, Maybe you still get him three years, 167, but you could also have to pay him a lot more if he has a, let's say he plays 70 games. Okay. You probably have to, you know what I'm saying? But I think, I guess my point is really more so like AD wise. If I'm AD for sure, if I'm the Lakers, I'm coming to the table oh, saying, if I'm eight, gotcha. okay, let me, let me reclarify. If I'm AD, I'm going to the table saying, let's drag this out to next summer because that's where I could get the most money. If I'm the Lakers, I'm not necessarily disappointed in that, but I'm coming to the negotiation table saying, let's get this done now for that point. But if I'm AD, I'm saying, no, screw it. Let's wait till next summer where I can get my most money. And I guess my point there was like, if I'm the Lakers, I'm not like upset about that. It sucks, I guess, but I'm not mad. If it was you, Sean, what would you do? If you could get 3167 right now, you're Anthony Davis. You've got his injury history. What are you doing? Are you taking the money this summer or are you waiting? I'm waiting because like, I, I think like we established okay. I, how much. Okay. Worst case scenario. How much less am I getting next summer? How much less are you getting? Yeah. Worst case scenario. Yeah. I mean, probably not much unless you, you, you know, if you blow out your knee and you miss the majority of the season. Right. But then you still have, a, still, you could right? still just pick up your player option. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That, Best case scenario, I'm getting Jalen Brown contract. I'm getting Jalen Brown money. Right. So I I think, and this is maybe me just being so and the way we're talking it through makes it it's it's not all that risky for him to just wait. But I'm that guy screaming, take the deal when deal or <laughs> deal or no deal is on. And I'm like, just take the money. I don't care what's in the case. I think I'd be just given the injury history, I'd be so nervous if I was AD. But I get it. I get it. I think it makes sense. I think it makes sense for him to for him to probably wait. Bunch of money, 
bunch of money. Either way, I'm still getting paid. Okay, though, though, let's say, let's say you wait. Let's say if you're AD and you say, I'm going to wait. Okay. If you're the Lakers, you have to start listening to trade offers. Right? Do you? Yeah. Otherwise, he's going to walk away for nothing next summer. Maybe okay. that potential is out there. You have to, I'm not saying you have to take a deal. Right. But if you're the, if AD, if you hit that, if you slide that extension across the table and AD slides it right back and doesn't sign the thing, your next call has to be to a team that you think will give you a, a lot for him. Because otherwise, next summer, he could walk away and you're left with nothing. Now, again, you could then reset maybe. LeBron walks away. You've got a bunch of cap space, but still, you'd much rather ha- get a bunch of assets to kind of rebuild from there. Now, LeBron sure. wouldn't be happy. This gets very complicated very quickly if you offer that extension and AD says no. Okay, let me counteract that. For one, it's I'm listening, but it's more like a... I had a really good example, but a really bad one at the same time or analogy rather. So I'm going to refrain from using it, but it's like, I'm listening, but like, I'm not taking anything serious unless you're flooring me with something. Like, unless it's this crazy package where like Rudy Gobert trade on steroids. If it's that, then sure. But I'm not seriously listening to that because also how likely, like if you had to give me a percentage, how likely is it that you think Anthony Davis declines his, I'm sorry, Anthony Davis sends the contract extension on August 4th back to the Lakers because I think it would only be because of money. And then next summer, Anthony Davis opts out and walks away. How likely, like percentage-wise, would you say that is? Uh, it would depend on who's out there with cap space. right? That's going to be a big, a big factor. We know there's some teams that are already getting set for cap space. I mean, Philly is going to have cap space. I don't know if he wants to play with Joel Embiid or not, but... Should, uh, that's something to keep on that would be you'd have to really get understand the context of it but i agree i think it's probably Chicago not super like space oh no oh I'm probably, that's I'm, bad. I'm, I'm, I'm really going dark timeline chicago Bulls oh have yeah cap space. no if the bulls have cap space you got to trade them <laughs> you have to trade them okay you my- have to trade you can't if chicago <laughs> has cap space no you don't want to let him hear that come back home pitch you got to move him at that point my whole point in that is, in my opinion, the odds would still be like less than a quarter, so less than twenty five percent. Him leaving if because- Chicago's out there and they yeah. give him the come come, he's got a he's got ta- he's got Chicago tattooed on his arm. <laughs> no, be- but because he still he pushed your offer away because of money. You're leaving to go to an. You're leaving. Be like that. That, that just wouldn't add up, in my opinion. Where the only reason why. He didn't actually sign the cut, con- and this hypothetical is because True. I could get three hundred for what five years or whatever instead of one sixty seven yeah. over three, which is still a crap ton of money. But I'm taking, I'm not putting this offer, like I'm not accepting it rather because of money. All all things considered, and that's you're right. Like just to put a bow on this, that's ultimately where the the context of the conversation would matter. If it's AD says, nope, I'm not signing the extension. I want to see what's what next summer. That's scary you situation, right? right? If it's AD saying, I'm not going to sign this, but I'm not going anywhere. I'm just, I just, I'm not, I think I can get more money next summer because of the way that the salary cap situation works out, but I'm not planning on going anywhere. That's a totally different conversation than, uh, Hey, I'm not going to commit to anything. 
and we'll see what what how things look next year. So the uh, that part of it, which we won't be privy to, is is important in this situation as well. Man, we went down a, an AD extension rabbit hole here. I was kind of fun. <laughs> Let's jump back into, into some of the super chats. No, that was good because I, I think it's going to be really fascinating to see how this whole negotiation plays out and if it gets done or not. Uh, Gabriel said, I'm against trading D'Lo, but would you trade him for Nurkic? His ball handling would replace D'Lo's and he would fit next to AD like Gasol in 21. Wait, Nurkic's ball handling would replace D'Lo? I'm assuming we're talking. Uh, I don't Gabe know. Vincent would step right. in and replace D'Lo's ball handling? Or Austin, maybe I don't know. Nurk, okay, but anyway, you have other guys on the team that can handle the ball, right? That's the point. So if you could flip D'Lo for Nurkic, and let me double check on his salary. I want to say he was making like seventeen. He just got a contract extension, didn't he? Let me look. Or a resign extension, something. Uh, Yusuf that Nurkic paid. is he's at sixteen. I wasn't far off. He's at sixteen point seven. Money. I'm sorry. Sixteen point eight this season, eighteen point one next season, nineteen point three in the 2025-2026 season. So three years of Nurkic you're signing up for, compared to two years under contract of D'Lo with the second year being a player option. I like Nurkic, but I don't think I would do that. And I I think I like Nurkic more than most people do. Yeah, I was about to say maybe because of all the Nurkic film I've had to watch in the past few days. Um, but it has grown me to be sour on that Blazers team in general, but I'll pass. Okay. And also, like, I just don't think the fit is as good as the Super Chat is describing it to be. Like, 80 Gasol and 21 was really, really good, and then Gasol got COVID, and it went downhill from there, especially when they brought Drummond in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, yeah, no, I'll pass. Just if, if you don't like D'Lo, just let him leave after the year, honestly, or just trade him at the deadline or trade him at the deadline. Ed Carter, what matchup scenario would you start? Jackson Hayes. If there's a matchup where you would start him, um, Memphis, Memphis, Memphis would be one. Uh, New Orleans could actually ironically be another one. New Orleans, Memphis. Mm-hmm. I'd argue Denver just have another big body on the floor. Yeah. You're not, you're not like seriously thinking he can guard Jokic, but just like to keep in front and then let AD roam weak side. And then mm-hmm. that's another team where you're like LeBron on Michael Porter Jr. can kind of work or LeBron, like for, for example. So those are probably the three teams in the West off the top of my head. There are some. But but I think the point is there's not a lot. There's not a yeah. lot where it would make a lot of sense. You're certainly not doing against like Golden State or something. No. Uh, Syed, can we please see Austin Reeves off ball movement and pin downs? Yes. Uh, I think they're going to try to run Austin more on ball though and, and let him execute the pick and roll and, and put the ball in his hands. I think that's going to be a big part of the scheme this year. But when he is off ball, sure. You can you can definitely run him off. I think just more Austin shots, especially from deep, are going to be important this coming season. If you want this to be like another like a cool, just 
tab in your play sheet that you can have, or hey, let's run Austin on a weak side stagger or whatever every once in a while. Sure. I just don't think, like, out of all the things Austin Reeves does well offensively, I don't think this is at the top of that list. Um, so I don't know. I think Austin's good at a lot on offense. He's fine at off screen stuff. So I don't know. I think you'll see it for maybe a couple of plays throughout the season, though. Uh, AD's camp might take time with the extension. Syed says, yeah, they might. They might. Uh, LeBron, I know he didn't sign his last year, like the first day it was available. It took, it was like a couple weeks or so before he actually signed Everybody it. Everybody panicked. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it wouldn't, wouldn't shock me. I, I'm not expecting it to be done August 4th. I'm expecting that it's going to take, you know, a little bit of time, a little bit of time. Uh, Blaze Santana film said, uh, is there a possibility for us to get Miles Turner? Miles Turner. <laughs> him and a, a him at the five and AD roaming free at the four would be extremely dominant on the defensive end. Also, Miles would spread the floor. I have time traveled back to last summer. Um, yeah, this was all the talk last summer was Miles Turner coming to the Lakers and the Lakers could have traded for him. They did not. That opportunity was there for them to get both Buddy Heald and Miles Turner. They decided to wait instead to see what they can find during the season. Um, I would say no. I don't think it's possible for the Lakers to get Miles Turner because the Pacers are cl clearly building their team around him. Once they signed him that, that extension, most of their motivation to trade him went away. It, it's kind of similar to the AD situation where the Pacers were saying, man, if Turner gets to free agency, we don't want that. We, maybe we should trade him. Once they signed him to an extension, though, and, and they did that midseason, and it was a pretty good deal that they signed him to, most of their inspiration for putting him out there on the trade market, that's gone. So I don't think that, I mean, regardless of what we could say, the Lakers could potentially give up. I don't think the Pacers want to trade him anymore. I think this type of big, if you want Anthony Davis to truly go back to being the four, Miles Turner, Brooke Lopez are the two prototype examples of what you want said big to look like uh, because mm -hmm. of some of the stuff that is described in the super chat. So uh, part of me kind of wishes that we would have, they would have pulled the trigger on the trade just so we could see it. And so we could finally, just so like we can know, like we could time travel for a day just to see like what would actually happen and like change one thing and you could go back and change it. It would be that. I want to just see what would happen. How would the Lakers season end up if they had traded Westbrook for Heald and Turner and I'll reverse it. But I don't know. Just kind of curious. So we can finally, you know, put the, you know, put the nail in the coffin. I got the you're, saying right on that one. Then you're, you did, you did indeed. Well done. Um, that's like, you know, the butterfly effect though. You'd go back and you would somehow push things just enough. It's like that old Ashton Kutcher movie, right? Um, the butterfly effect is from way before that movie, obviously, but you go and you change one little thing in the past. And next thing you know, like dinosaurs are still around today or something like that. You know, I, something like that, something catastrophic would happen because Miles Turner winds up on the Lakers. That's, that's what would go down. Up like, Trevor it, it, last year. Yeah, yeah, like something like that would happen. Somehow you would, you would go back, you would alter things just enough to put Miles Turner onto the Lakers, and like In and Out Burger would cease to exist or something like. You know. Jeez, good, God, Trevor. Gosh, you couldn't think of like Doomsday. better things to not happen. Doomsday. In and Out Fries suck though. I don't mind them. They're they're bad. Them. They're they're bad, Trevor. Have you, do you like Five Guy Fries? Those are good. Yeah. 
but I like, you know, I, I'm, I'm thrifty, I guess. I like that you can get in and out, which I like just as much for like half the price of five guys. Sure. Uh, Soy Saucy said, I understand the concerns about offense for Hayes, but we don't need him to score 20 each night. We need him to make it difficult for the other team to score and be a lob threat uh, and hustle and rebound and make it easier for AD. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dom- Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. It's not even so much about, like, if Jackson Hayes is on the floor, that's a defender that's in the paint. That's that's an issue for AD. That's also an issue for the other players that are on the floor. If AD was shooting 35% from three, let's go. Sure, roll Jackson Hayes out there, because AD can go pop out, and the paint is open because AD's defender will go with him. But if Jackson Hayes is on the floor, that's a guy that is not going to be defended behind the three-point line. That's going to close up the paint that much more. That's really the the concern. It's not that, oh no, AD and Jackson Hayes together, Jackson Hayes isn't going to be able to score enough. It's more about what the effect is on how open the paint is for everybody else and the offensive flow in general. That's that's my primary concern with putting the two together offensively. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Matt Creeks said, do you think LeBron could lose motivation because of Bronny's medical scare? Thanks for everything. Keeping me going till fantasy football starts. Um, I'm not. I'm not in LeBron's head. I don't know. I don't know if that. I mean, if one of LeBron's big goals was to play with his son, and I, we don't know. I, I certainly don't want to speak it into existence. But is Bronny going to play basketball again? It's probably too early for those conversations. But if he's not, and that was one of the things LeBron was hanging out on for, 
sure, you could jump to the conclusion that maybe that takes away some of LeBron's motivation to keep playing. But I, I mean, I think the bottom line for me, and Sean, you can tell me if you, if you feel differently. I just look and, you know, LeBron had that comment uh, at the end of the season where he talked about how, I want to say he said 95%. He's still better than 95% of the league. Daggone right. Right. And he's not, he's not wrong. It's hard to walk away when you're still that good, when you're still better than that much of, of the league. Even if you're not like clearly the best player anymore, you're not like the dominant force in the league. When you're that good still, that's tough to to walk away. But again, I'm not I'm not LeBron. I don't have a billion dollars, so I don't know what's what's in his head. Uh, first off, obviously the number one concern obviously does go out to Bronny, and I'm glad that he's all right for sure. Um, and I'm not to reiterate what you just said. I'm not trying to like be in LeBron's head, but I'm gonna be more personally when there is something bad, and I, I haven't experienced something to that extent. But if something does go bad, to, for me personally, at least the number one thing that I want to be around is basketball, whether that's actually mm-hmm. more like being in the gym personally than anywhere. Like if I'm like, I don't know, at home and I'm doing basketball stuff, it's a little bit different than actually being there because I don't know. It's just like being in the gym. It's like a it's like a switch. Anything outside of those walls or whatever just goes away, whether, whether it's for 30 minutes or two hours, whatever it is. So I don't know. I, I could see. I don't know. And I don't want to get my words wrong because it is a touchy subject. But I think there's a world where LeBron's like I, I just so that I don't think about it as much. And I'm again glad Brian's okay. But um, yeah, I don't know if that makes any sense. That might be a bad example, but I think well, it could. Yeah, like basketball can indeed be, and sports in general can be a good distraction when bad things happen. Of course, and it can be a good thing. Just in general, but if you're processing something difficult, physical movement, physical activity can be a a beneficial thing. But I I think the, the tough part is it's an issue potentially with his son and playing basketball takes him away from his son, right? He's going to be traveling, you know, that's, and so I I don't want to even venture a guess here though, because I'm not in, in LeBron's head, but I know there was footage that came out recently of him already trading. Um, With Bryce. Yeah. And his new shoes. And um, Looks great, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. And uh, and so the fact that he's already out there training, I'd say that's a pretty good sign that he'll be back out there. Keeping me going till fantasy football starts. We've got our draft coming up, Sean. We've got our, our dynasty right, draft coming up on, on Sunday. That's right. Is it really Sunday? It's Sunday. It's coming. I just finished one dynasty draft, and uh, we got the other one coming up Sunday. I think I need to make uh, respond to your trade. It's Mm -hmm. been in the back of my mind. I remember it's gone now. It's been a week, so I don't know where where it is. But um, I'll go find it because I don't even remember what it was. It's like Alan Um, Pierce for a second round pick. Chat, let me know. I need dynasty advice. That's right. It was. I threw my team in the gutter. I pulled a Washington Wizards. Just like completely shredded my team last year, first year. Oh well, now you get to rebuild. There rebuild. Uh, Syed said Vando is actually six ten. Have you seen the picture going around of Vando standing next to Rui, and yeah. Vando looks like two inches taller? If, is Vando legit six ten now? That would be kind of fun if he is. That would be. It's. I don't think it hurts him. Probably gonna help. Yeah. 
Chelsea said, welcome back, Sean. Appreciate it. Mob mentality. I'll tell you what, right now, I haven't been keeping up with where the Lakers picks went. 24-25 pick swap, I know that. Can the Lakers trade 24 or 25? Where's 26 or 30? Through 30. Uh, yeah, through 30. Um, okay. So, if the Pelicans decide... So, 24 or 25 is gone. So, the Lakers can't trade either one of those, right? We don't, until the Pelicans say which one they're taking officially, which is going to be right before the draft, um, the Lakers can't trade either of those picks. Uh, if the Pelicans were to tell the Lakers, hey, we're taking the 25 pick, then the 24 pick, because it still goes up against the 25 pick, you can't trade two consecutive picks. The 24 pick, they would have to wait until the draft in order to trade it. Okay, So as soon as that pick is not a pick, as soon as it's a player, you can trade it. So it would be a draft day type of trade if you were to move the 2024 pick, which means you couldn't move it. You won't be able to move the 2024 pick at the trade deadline. Uh, this year, you also won't know, you know, which pick the Pelicans are taking by that point. Um, if the Pelicans say we're going to take the 2024 pick, we're going to take this one. So then the Lakers, they have their 2027 pick is the one that's going to be gone, which the fact that the 24 pick is going to be gone would mean that they wouldn't be able to trade the 25 pick. The fact that the 27 pick is gone would mean that they couldn't trade the 26 pick. So then we're looking at the 29 pick would be the next future pick that they could trade. Again, they still have those picks and you could trade them on draft night, but in terms of what you can actually trade at the trade deadline, you'd be limited. Uh, you could still, you could trade the 2030 pick as well if you, if you wanted to. But I think the best way to look at it is just to say, what do the Lakers still have picks wise? They have all their first round picks except for one of their 2024 and 2025 and the 2027. Every other pick they still have. Uh, second rounders, I'd have to look at the sheet to see exactly how many. They've traded a few, but they've also picked up a few as well. The one thing that I like about it is that right now they have the Clippers' second round pick, so we get to have extra motivation to root for the Clippers to lose games this coming season. Hey, there we go. Yeah. Um, I will add this. If I'm the Pelicans, I think I'd probably say, eh, Lakers, you can have this year's pick, 24, mm-hmm. uh, because I, th- I still think it'll probably be a somewhat deep draft but i think for one just in terms of 25 likely being the better draft year and that's regardless likely whether or not the lakers keep 80 or not that's going to be the in most cases the first year without lebron so if there was going to be a year off where the lakers aren't good it would be 2025 or like not compete for championships would be 2025 um so i don't know if i'm the pelicans i'm saying go ahead lakers you can have 24 we'll take 25 I think that's the most likely scenario, especially if it's not clear at that point what's happening with LeBron, what's happening with AD. If the Lakers have a decent season this year, they're going to say, nope, you guys keep the 24 pick. We'll take 25 and hope that LeBron retires or or continues to age or or whatever or goes somewhere else and you guys get into a rebuild and then we'll take your 2025 pick. That's what I would do if I'm the Pelicans. Um, What improvements do you want to see from him and the staff? Ooh. Go for it, Sean. Uh, I'll be quick. So there's three things I want to see from Darwin. One, I want to see more defensive versatility in terms of the scheme, which I think will happen because of um, the roster improvements we made, like Gabe Vincent, Torian Prince, Jackson Hayes. You, you got a bunch of dudes that I think are a little more switchy, a little more versatile defensively. 
Um, I'd like to see the offense continue to grow, which, again, I'm a little more optimistic about. You get a full training camp. Darvin and Chris Jen gets to go back and forth throughout the summer, which I think is where you know some of the best coaching work gets done because you're prepping for next season. And then obviously the big one for Laker fans, at least, is just the rotation getting better, which I think is really just a reps thing. Like Darvin Ham, it's hard to gauge sometimes. It's the one thing I hate about the NBA compared to the NFL, non-media-wise, because the NFL media sweeps the NBA media in terms of national coverage. But my biggest pet peeve is how like the NBA doesn't uh, clarify roles for assistant coaches, whereas the NFL, you no. can go – it's like the Chargers coaches that have been like, okay, cool. The offense sucks last year. Joe Lombardi, you stink. Right. We need to fire you. The run game sucks. Uh, who's our running backs coach? I actually don't know our running backs coach. I'm a bad fan. Whereas for the NBA, it's like you're kind of guessing and kind of you have to do so much research to find out, okay, so-and-so does this, right? Unless you're like Phil Handy, which I, where I think everybody, even uh, Detroit Pistons fans know what Phil Handy's role is. Piston fans get in unnecessary shade there. But um, I think it's a lot harder. So, but I think just rotations, that getting better. And my point in bringing that up was that who knows what Darwin's role in Milwaukee was? Because I, I, I bet more to say that his job was in rotations. And I think rotations and managing lineups and things of that nature is a repetition thing. To where, like, I don't know, if I became a head coach tomorrow, I'd probably be bad at it, too, because it's not my job. Um, you don't have a lot of reps at it. So, I don't know. I think those are probably the biggest things, you know, fixing rotation or getting better at it. Uh, the offense kind of expanding out more and then just getting more versatility defensively, which was a fun part about those Bucks defenses, especially when they were at its best. And here's what I really like about the the lineup or the roster this year is it's kind of like, like post-trade deadline. It felt like as much as we bemoaned the three guard lineups and all of that to a degree, Darvin Ham was kind of stuck, right? I mean, were there moments where he could put out a bigger lineup? Sure. But if he wants to keep his talent on the floor, there were times where he, he didn't really have very many options post trade deadline. He had options and you got to get a better sense of, Hey, with all these choices in front of him, what is it that Darvin Ham really wants to do? And I think we're going to see even more of that this year because he's got a lot of different ways that he can play this lineup. To start the season last year, you know, he was given a menu with two things on it, basically, you know, and that was, and that was it. Now he's got the Cheesecake Factory menu sitting in front of him and you can go any direction that you want. Uh, and so that's what I think is going to be really interesting and really tell us who Darvin is philosophically as a coach. What is it that he really wants to do because he can play so many different styles right now, especially if and when the Lakers pick up another big with that 14th roster spot. I'm excited. I'm truly excited for this Lakers season. And uh, yeah, it's going to be so much fun. <laughs> Somebody said cheesecake. Yeah, Cheesecake Factory. You know, they've got like a million different kinds of food on their their menu at Cheesecake Factory. Yeah, but... You I wish I had like a notebook on it, but the menu is thick. It's a thick, it is. It's a thick menu. It's like you're getting like an NFL playbook, right? Like that's that's what you're getting when you get that that menu and you look through it and, and you just you don't know like what territory you're venturing into. And suddenly you're you've got all these different you're like, wait, how did I suddenly wind up? I was at desserts and now suddenly I'm looking at burritos. I don't know how it happened, but you've got all these different options to turn to. That's the point. 
bro goes from desserts to to brunch items and get confused like exactly i think exactly it's like you're getting lost in the in the jungle next thing you know you're in you're in jumanji or something like that it's uh it's crazy uh haley said do you still think there's a good chance the lakers get christian wood if not then who I would hope that if it's not Christian Wood, it's Bismack Biombo. I think those are the two main names that are out there right now. Otherwise, like if it's not, let's say it's not Christian Wood, it's not Bismack Biombo. Sean, do you just say, let's see what Colin Castleton has in training camp? That's why I would hope it'll be, honestly. Yeah. Or honestly, here, Demoy Hodge here. Okay. I think he, yeah. And, and so you don't do, so you don't even worry about it. I think they got to get a big, though. Got and Probably you know right. what? I, I'm not saying I know I had we had people who were really into like you know Boogie and Dwight no. and, and all these other guys. Look, you can bring those guys into training camp if you want. You can give those guys some workouts and see what they've got. Um, that's fine. I guess technically you can't bring them, you capped on how many players you can bring into training camp. You work by all means, work those guys out. Work those guys out, right? Find they out worked out Boogie, right? Who, who yeah, find out they worked out Boogie last year. Find out who's in shape, who can go, all that kind of stuff. I'm not saying just dismiss anybody. Leave no stone unturned. But if it is not gonna be Christian Wood, if it's not Bismack Biombo. Wenyon, honestly, at that point, you're pretty desperate. Yeah. Wenyon, Wenyon, Colin Castleton, right? There's some other guys that you can turn to. Somebody said, um, this is the Lakers Nation food podcast or something that effect. It flew past me. I don't know oh, what I want. The live Lakers, the live Lakers food stream. Do you want us to uh test eat random cheesecakes that we don't know what it is? That's a good TikTok content right there. Yeah, it wouldn't be bad. Peak of the off season, boredness. Uh, Choco Thunder with a, a good comment here said you don't need to fill all 15 roster spots a- agreed so the, here's what we know and I should this should wrap things up um, what we know the Lakers have to make one more move minimum must make NBA rules say they must have 14 players on their regular roster not counting the two way players they can have three of those but 14 players must be on their roster the Lakers right now have 13 so no matter what one move is coming. That move could just be Colin Castleton. Here's a roster spot. Demoy Hodge. Here's a roster spot. Could be any anybody, right? Um, it could be Boogie. It could be Christian Wood. It could, you know, whoever you want to throw in there. They have to do something. They have to do something and fill that full roster spot. They do not have to fill the fifteenth roster spot, but they can if they want to. They could say, "Hey." Bismack Biombo and Christian Wood. Let's go. Now, both those guys would have to agree. And I would have to think if one of them signs, the other one's going to say, well, I don't want to compete for minutes. Let me go somewhere else. But JaVale McGee is somebody put the chat is throwing out there. Sure. These are all guys that you could potentially turn to. So some, at least one move is still coming for the Lakers. Minimum. It could be two or more if there's a trade or something, but definitely by NBA rule, at least one move has to be made by the Lakers before the season starts. Uh, Thomas Bryant got signed by the Miami Heat. Really weird signing, now I think about it. Oh, did somebody mention that? Yeah. Yeah, he did get signed by the... It is kind of weird. Behind Bam. And then um, who was their uh, Robinson, their center? 
Orlando Robinson. Orlando Robinson. Yeah, he was really good in summer league. Yeah, really he's good. solid. Caleb's probably going to eat some five minutes down there. Yeah, at some point. Uh, is Jovic a five or a four? Jovic is a four. Like a three, Jovic, four. she could play either. I think probably more four sized, but uh, people are talking about Nemeas Queta in there. Yeah, I've I've liked what I saw out of him, but as far as I can tell right now, he's on a two way contract. That name is super familiar. Where is he at? Uh, Sacramento. That's what it was. Yep. Yep. Uh, Unless he hit free agency. I will double check that one real quick. NBA free agents. Let's see. Who is still out there? Whoever it is, Portland needs to call him up for some center depth. Their depth is garbage. Jeez. Don't give them any, any ideas. We need all the centers out there for the Lakers. Yurt Seven, he is a free agent. I wouldn't mind that actually. I thought Yurt Seven got got signed by somebody. I don't think he I, has, which is uh, also super weird. He's still on the free agent list here on Spot Track, but then again, so is uh, so is Thomas Bryant. Keith has been out of out of town for the last week. Hold on, he, okay. may, he may not have updated these. Yeah, oh, I swear you're at seven. You're so, he's still a free agent. Let me see. Hold on, I'm looking this up now. Oh, here we go. Okay, I, I found the uh, available. Yeah, I don't see unless he's listed as a power forward. Uh, centers right now: Christian Wood, Bismack Biombo, Taj Gibson, Blake Griffin, Frank Kaminsky, Willie Hernan Gomez, Gorgie Jang. Tristan Thompson, that's another name you could give a, a look to. Shoot. Uh, looks like I'm wrong if this article is right. Did he sign with Utah? That's what this one article says from like a Salt Lake. That sounds right. Was I anyway? Still- yeah. Under a rock? No, I'm pretty sure he got signed. Yep. Yeah. Chat's confirming he signed with Utah. Okay. Anyway, the bottom line is that there's not that many bigs out there on the market, but the Lakers, they're going to add somebody. They're going to add somebody. Um, could just be Colin Castleton get that, gets that spot. Could be they bring in somebody. We'll find out. But again, before the season starts, they have to add another player. Myers Leonard, another name that you can throw out there. All right, everybody. Oh, no. <laughs> Tony. Tony says Sean was sleeping the day that Yurt 7 was signed. That's why you don't remember. <laughs> and Sean's going to sleep. All right, everybody. Thank you for joining us. We sure do appreciate it. Especially here we are, the last evening of July. And you spent it here with us. Thank you, everybody, again for coming in to the show. Um, make sure you follow along over on Apple Podcasts. Tomorrow I'll be live over on AMP at noon Pacific time. If you want to call into the show, join us for your lunch break. Be doing that over on AMP tomorrow, noon Pacific time. Uh, Again, that's Tuesdays and Thursdays. We do that on AMP, which is now available on Android. By the way, if you're an Android user, you can now download the AMP app and come join the show there. So going to be a lot of fun. So call into the show that way over on AMP tomorrow, noon Pacific time. Till then, everybody. See ya and stay safe. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? 
Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.